For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Perspectives, the show where we have a conversation about things that might be different in our lives, but we end up discovering exactly how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. On Friday, I had an opportunity to moderate the International Poverty Forum, a solutions-driven think tank of the best and brightest minds addressing the issues of global poverty. And one of my takeaways from this incredible panel that also included humanitarian and activist Tim Tebow was how an impoverished family will do anything to get money. And that includes, and it broke my heart to hear this, but of disposing of or trafficking their children. Let that sink in. And it is indeed as horrible as it sounds. And it's not something that's just happening a world away. It's happening probably in your neighborhood. This is an issue not only for Mr. Tebow, but for many of the people who were attending the Poverty Forum, including my guest. Pastor, gospel artist, visionary of Tabitha's house in Atlanta, Dr. E. Dewey Smith. He is also the senior pastor and teacher of the House of Hope in Atlanta, as well as the Macon campus. And this issue is one of great concern to him. And Pastor, we welcome you to talk about this critical issue and how we as a community can get involved in raising awareness, saying something when we see something, and making a difference. Welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. And thank for all that you do to bring awareness and hope to our community uh, through the myriad of concerns and issues we have. I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. How did this become an issue for you? Uh, interestingly enough, uh, we uh, purchased our campus in DeKalb County in 2009, and I've always had a desire to redress some of the issues in our community. Well, in 2012, shortly after moving to that uh, neighborhood, I was driving to the office listening to uh, radio and uh, local radio. And as I was listening to radio, they made a report about a huge human trafficking raid that had taken place uh, right there at the Wesley Chapel Corridor, Wesley Chapel and I-20, which is literally maybe three, less than three miles from our church. And uh, during that um, report, it was stated that that was the fastest growing quadrant for child sex trafficking in the continental United States. And I was alarmed and really mortified to say the least, because here I, I ride by this area daily. I mean, uh, weekly, I'm members right in our backyard and we had no idea that human trafficking was happening right in our neighborhood. And so for me, it was such a challenge and a burden. I was really, it was really kind of embarrassing because you're in a community and you have no idea sometimes what's happening in your community. 
And so I went back and we met with the leaders of our, of, our, of our church and we said, we have to do something. Maybe we've been placed here to make a difference. And so, well, we came up with a vision called Tabitha's House, which was um, something that we we're going to birth to uh, address, to help eliminate human trafficking in our, in our communities. And so we started with that small vision in 2012. And uh, here we are nine, nine and a half years later. Uh, and that vision has grown from, um, from just a small concept. And now we own two residences uh, that we house young girls ages 11 through 16 who've been victimized by human trafficking. Uh, we provide clinical evaluations, detoxifications. Uh, we help young ladies to pursue their education, those who never finished their education. And our goal is to help produce complete and free and independent young women who can use their stories of trauma uh, and victimization, uh, but go out and make a difference and help to bring transformation to others with a similar kind of story. And so uh, we've been going now almost 10 years. This year will be 10 years, and I'm just thankful. Uh, we've been a part of about 150 rescues, working, partnering with local law enforcement and the GBI uh, to help pull uh, young women out of human trafficking. And so that's the long and short of my story. The young girls that you're able to rescue and get into Tabitha's house and onto a better path, how do you all deal with the, the fear? And isn't it risky to rescue and know that these people who have brought these young girls into this terrible situation might come after you guys? It's absolutely dangerous. Um, Human trafficking is actually the second largest criminal enterprise in the world. Uh, only the you know, illegal drug trade and the illegal drug industry uh, precedes it or best it. And so it's incredibly dangerous. We get calls all the time uh, at our resource center with people making threats because the average young girl um, or even young boys, unfortunately, um, they, you know, the, the victimization seems, seems that the trafficker can make about quarter of a million dollars to $400,000 annually um, off of one, one person. And so it's horrible. Um, we, when you talk about slavery and the objectification of young girls and, 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 and older uh, uh, women, um, it's, it's horrifying and it's definitely something that is dangerous. And we have to be awfully careful. And we, we're fortunate that we have a great relationship with local law enforcement and some of the other county and state agencies who partner with us when there is a bust or when uh, a raid or when they need our services. And so that's why uh, the collaborative efforts are so important because now we can, when there is a, a, a challenge or a threat and we get them often, we can partner with our, uh, with our other community partners to to make sure that we're protected, to keep uh, the names and, and identities of people confidential, but it is incredibly a dangerous work. And, uh, and so training is very, very important to make sure that we keep people safe. When you counsel these survivors, what do they tell you if you ask, how did they find themselves in this situation? Sadly enough, one of the things that, that we discover and is I would say over 70% of the cases involve someone who they knew who introduced them to that world. Um, we have one young lady in our ministry um, and she's been a champion, I think, for the cause. 
Uh, her mother started to traffic her when she was three or four years of age. And of course, here she is in her 30s now and still, you know, suffers uh, tremendously from, you know, some of the challenges. And we have to constantly walk her through those steps and when she's triggered. Um, and so someone who is in a neighborhood, someone who knew that, who they knew, uh, a relative or a friend, someone in the community. Um, and so that's the painful part of it because you never would think that something that's so dastardly and so evil uh, would be introduced by a supposed friend, relative or neighbor. And so it's problematic really. And so we, it makes us uh, share with parents and we bring awareness that you have to be very, very careful uh, about who takes your children to school, who they're around, because often it's introduced by someone with whom there's a relationship or some sense of affinity. What are some of the tools and the resources that Tabitha's house is able to provide these survivors of human and sex trafficking? I think one of the greatest resources that we provide, of course, is mental health and emotional health therapy and counseling. Uh, in addition uh, to working with our partners who uh, help in the area of substance abuse. Um, because often when the young girls, and unfortunately, I don't want to just limit it to young girls because now young boys are being trafficked as well. Unfortunately, as, a, as an aside to that, there are no state funded houses and homes for young boys in the state of Georgia right now uh, who've been in uh, child sex trafficking. But that's another part that we, we can talk about. But I think when you can deal with the mental health and the abuse and help them deal with the victimization, uh, because a lot of times, uh, a lot of brainwashing, for lack of a better word, has taken place and they've been beat down severely from an emotional perspective. And so helping them to see themselves through the lenses of humanity and through the lenses of positivity, um, to help them understand that a lot of things that happen to them are not their fault. But drugs are often uh, involved and low self-esteem, people who, uh, young girls sometimes who didn't have parents who were actively involved and they were beguiled, uh, for lack of a better word, by people who they trusted, who they loved, and who took advantage of, of their naivete. And, uh, and their innocence and got them into something that was way beyond something they ever could have fathomed. So I think if you can, for us, if you can get some person's right and heal to deal with those mental health and emotional health uh, issues that are underlying and some of the substance abuse issues that are underlying, sometimes you can put them uh, often on the road to wholeness and healing. But I think those are some of our main areas uh, of, um, of, of expertise our main areas of, of, of approach, uh, when you can get that and get them honest and get them and make them feel safe and make them feel loved. Uh, typically, if somebody can feel safe um, and know they're in a safe place and a haven, that sometimes when you can build relationships and build trust, uh, that you can be, begin to walk people on those journeys uh, to bring them out of victimization. Pastor, the community tends to hear about human trafficking for labor and for sex in Atlanta around big events in the community. Thankfully, there have not been that many of those in Atlanta because of the pandemic. Nonetheless, what I hear you saying is that this is something that is going on in the community each and every day. Absolutely, I, 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 but I would agree with you that big events are major. One of the last huge busts that we were a part of when law enforcement called us in when the Super Bowl was here in Atlanta. Um, and uh, that's one of the largest weeks 
uh, for human trafficking. Uh, Super Bowl, um, NBA All-Star Week, concerts, festivals, things of that magnitude. And so we had a significant um, activity here in Atlanta, uh, but it happens daily, right around the corner, in the grocery stores, um, at strip plazas, at malls, and so sometimes in, in the airports. Um, because of our airport, because of our interstates, I-75 and uh, I-85 and I-20, it makes us a haven for it. And and sometimes you 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 we miss it because we miss the signs. It's not like you're watching someone who's dressing provocatively. So we have this tendency to think that if it's not the the sex worker who works in the streets as portrayed by the movies, those stereotypes, then it's not a reality. So sometimes we look for those types of things, someone who's, who's dressing a certain way, but that's not the reality. Uh, it can be the young school girl. Uh, it can be the young girl who's right around the corner, the young, the young man who's in your youth group. Um, just because um, it doesn't look a certain way, they don't look a certain way, does not mean that they're exempt from it. And it is in every community not just uh, urban communities, but in suburban communities as well. Who are the people who are most at risk of being trafficked, young boys, young girls? What are some of the things that we as just community members should be looking for to help keep our children safe? I think uh, children who ride school buses, children who are on public transportation, the the cheerleader who's at, who's at a football game, at the bowling alley, the young girl who works at the mall, who's leaving the mall, who works at the grocery store. Sometimes young ladies who are, who are don't travel in packs or in groups, the person who's alone and uh, the, the, the latchkey kid who's in a neighborhood, who that neighborhood has been, has been scouted, has been stalked and they, they notice the patterns and the trends of the person who's, who, who, who's by themselves and who's alone a lot, who's alone a lot. And so those are some of the things that you need to watch for uh, also, the, the young person who's faced something that's been traumatic in their own lives, parents being divorced, uh, who are already kind of going through something that has them kind of uh, scarred emotionally, who may be more susceptible to needing something different, who's in rebellion, the runaway, um, who's having issues at home. And so those are the few of um, the context that I think that make uh, human trafficking uh, more susceptible and uh, and allows them to be preyed on more easily. We're talking to Pastor E. Dewey Smith. We're talking about Tabitha's house and his work in the wor world of stopping human trafficking. Pastor, you've been at this for about a decade almost. Are you to the point where you have survivors who are working with you to help reduce the number of people who find themselves in the situation? Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that our director, uh, who actually the executive director, who has done an amazing job, uh, her daughter while in college, um, that was stalking, um, where law enforcement had to be involved and it got incredibly dangerous and very, very serious. And the young lady who I mentioned earlier, who started, who had begun to be trafficked when she was three or four by her mother. Um, and so what is happening now is our, our aim is for those who have uh, been released and been rescued and have walked in wholeness and transformation, that they can use those experiences 
and go back and share them with others to let them know that there's hope. And so we do have a significant amount of persons who have been involved in human trafficking. You know, we're, we're, we're doing all types of uh, short film, things of that magnitude, trying to get the story out, working on a full feature movie, trying to get the story out so people can understand just how important it is. And in that process, a lot of persons who've been involved are helping with the production, the script writing, et cetera. So I believe in every facet, uh, people who have been victimized by that, we do see that they're helping us. And because it helps to tell their story and it helps to bring transformation, it's easier to share with somebody when you've had their shared experiences. And so that's been a, a very helpful for us. Is money the primary motivator why someone would find themselves involved in essentially modern day slavery? Yes, I think absolutely. Money is number one. I also think uh, a lot of the time uh, power and, uh, and people, you'd be surprised the people who have been victimized who become victimizers. And so you have mental health issues and sickness and unhealed trauma uh, has led persons to become what they despised. And, but I would say that money is, is, is number one. Um, and it's just unfortunate that, that, um, that our communities, particularly young brown and black girls, you know, minority communities, sometimes we don't care as much or if someone is missing for days, uh, the outcry, the public um, announcements of it, sometimes we wait a little too long in our communities uh, to put the word out. And, and one day, two hours, six hours, sometimes can mean life or death. And so uh, I do think it affects us disproportionately in minority communities uh, just because of those factors that I mentioned earlier. But, but of course, money, power, uh, those who've been victimized and those who just seek their own unhealed traumas, uh, I think create a perfect storm. Uh, for human trafficking. For many of the people who are listening to us right now, this may be the one time they have exposure to such a critical issue, such a critical need in our community. When you talk about us doing our part, what can the average citizen do to support the work of what you're doing at Tabitha's house and also to be more aware of what's going on in our own neighborhoods and to have our radar and antenna up for this problem in our community? That's a phenomenal question. Thanks for asking that. I think one of the things is familiarizing yourself with what types of task force forces do you have in your city, in your county, in your school systems um, that are focused on human trafficking. So becoming aware with the local resources and, and those uh, persons who champion the cause for the elimination of human trafficking. And it's very, very important. What is in your area? Who is in your area? Uh, so in the event that something happens, you will know who to contact, who to call. Secondly, when you become aware, uh, if you have a passion for this, uh, uh, just finding out what the needs are. You know, if you are a mental health professional and you have time and this is something that you want to do uh, figure out how ways that you can volunteer. Um, you know, putting together toilet drives for the young girls um, because it's, a, it's incredibly costly to, to feed and to clothe and, you know, you know, 
persons, you know, it's, it's difficult. And so how can you help with in-kind contributions? And, you know, if it's a warm, if it's a, a coat that you can give and, and the ways that you can donate, you know, monetarily and in, in-kind in contributions. Uh, thirdly, I think keeping your eyes uh, aware and abreast, you know, we have neighborhood watch organizations talking to law enforcement to make sure that they're in any human trafficking reports uh, in your neighborhood to find out what area codes uh, may be more prone to human trafficking cases. And so those are some of the questions you can ask just to help keep your community uh, safe. And so I just think, and there's just a few questions. It doesn't require, you know, the writing of a dissertation or someone to give up the annual salary. The small things that we all can do uh, can pay tremendous dividends uh, to the elimination and, um, and the securing of our, of our futures. And what can our listeners, last question, Pastor, do to be of greater support to you and the work that you're doing at Tabitha's House in Atlanta? You said you've now expanded to where there are at least two residences where you're caring for these rescued victims of sex and human trafficking. Well, you know, those persons who are part of the faith community who believe in prayer, um, that's, I mean, listen, I mean, that's one of the greatest things you can do for us. If you're a person of faith and, and uh, pray for us, number two, um, if you become aware of something in your community or we can be of assistance to you, uh, please reach out and call. You know, um, the holiday seasons, as I said earlier, if you want to do some donate, you know, non-perishable items to help us in that regard, uh, our website is tabithishouseint.org. You can go, on to, go on to the website to get more information. So you can pray, you can donate, um, you can find ways to volunteer. Of course, we don't allow everyone to volunteer at the house uh, because we have to keep those, those locations very private, but there are other ways, other things that we can do. Um, and if you have ideas or suggestions uh, for how we can be a better service or things that you think we can do, then we're open to it. Uh, we believe in writing in pencil and not pen because it's always a work in progress. Uh, COVID has shifted some things and uh, we, we've now expanded Tabitha's house into Rwanda, into East Africa. So doing some global work there in terms of human trafficking because it's a global issue. Uh, but those are a few things that you can do and uh, certainly will be, will be appreciated. Just, just keep the conversation going in, your, in the beauty shops, in your barber shops, you know, with your children. Just keep the conversations going, please. Uh, do not allow your children and your young people to be ignorant about this subject um, because uh, if we are more proactive rather than reactive, uh, we'd rather have these conversations on the front end because a lot of them aren't aware because it doesn't affect them. It's something they just think is on television, not knowing that it's in, a, it's in the block right around the corner. And unfortunately, sometimes it's too late. We had an incident like a year ago in, in Fulton County where you know people just oblivious. They hear about it all the time, but young girl was 14 and she was taken for a couple of days and, uh, and we got involved in helping to try to bring some healing in that situation with the parents. and. Just, just, just tore the whole family up, and uh, of course, just not being taking precautions. And so, take the precautions on the front end. And our prayer is that you won't need us, you know. You know, and uh, that's that's our prayer. We want to put the word out so that you don't need to have this house. Um, and um, but of course, we know we're here for those who need us. Our guest has been Pastor E. Dewey Smith. He is the leader of the House of Hope 
in Atlanta and in Macon, but our focus today has been on the issue of human trafficking, sex trafficking. It's, it's going on in all of our communities and anything that we can do to be of support to you, to be support at Tabitha's House, 501c3 nonprofit that provides services to victims of sex trafficking. We want to do that. Uh, Pastor, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I know that I look, look forward to using you as a resource and knowing that you are somebody that we can call on to help, you know, put a face and bring greater awareness to this critical issue. Again, I'm incredibly humbled to be a part and thank you for the opportunity. And please continue to do what you do to inspire and encourage and bring hope to our communities. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condice Presley on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condace? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.